and welcome to Fact Schmacks. It's a podcast good enough to get you a C. Minus. My name's Matt, and I've got a story to tell you. And my name's Kev. I have a story to interrupt. Well, well, Kevin. Well, Matthew. How's how's your week been, buddy? Uh, pretty good. Um, you know, aside from the whole World War Three thing today. <laughs> so yeah, as we're recording this on February twenty fourth, uh, in yeah. twenty twenty two, uh, Russia has just invaded the Ukraine, which which we around here don't think is very cool at all. No, um, no bueno, no bueno uh, at all. And not a joking matter in, in any way, even though we're fools. Yeah. So we're not going to talk about it too, too much, but, you know. Yeah, it's... Figured we'd bring it up. Yeah, yeah a lot of people are hurting right now, and that's uh, that's awful. Uh, if you've got some spare dollars you can throw around, um, there's organizations that are doing good things in that area. Um, if you can spare some, some money their ways, I don't have any in particular to, to highlight there. Um but that's uh, yeah, that's a terrible thing that's going on right now, and it's kind of the elephant in the room. So, got to got to address that. Um, yeah. And now on to the absurdity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's our PSA for for the day. Uh huh. Probably for your life. Kev, do you got some facts and maybe a schmack to like maybe provide some levity uh, here? I- do you have a little fact schmack scheme for you, Matthew? Oh. I know how much you look forward to it. I do, and it's been I know, two uh, weeks. Yeah, two blissful weeks of uh, you being in another country. Oh, it was great. I was only in another country for one week, so technically. I know, but it felt like two. It <laughs> just was so great. <laughs> I missed you, buddy. I missed you, too. I'm happy to see you back. I'm happy to see that you're not an actual lobster like i thought you i thought you would come back just roasted well it's like i'm i came back last thursday so i have this is a week separated from how red yeah i I mean you are the most you are the most colored uh i've ever seen you and i i did still have to turn down the gamma on my screen to (laughs) there is something (laughs) so you can actually see your features there is i mean they they tell you like if you're canadian and you go to mexico they tell you you're gonna you're gonna get a sunburn like no matter what you do and there is something like it, the, the sun is different there than it is here. It's wild. I've never had to look at the that. at the instructions on a sunscreen uh, sunscreen bottle before. Turns out you have to apply that <laughs> stuff like every eighty minutes while you're there. You got to set your alarm. Uh, oh what? Yeah, it's really cr- yeah, it's crazy. Uh, wow. And then the last day we let our guard down, thinking like, well, I've got a good base. I can put sunscreen on in the morning and maybe only put it back on halfway through the day. Roasted, right. absolutely roasted. Just, wow! Just got burned. That was my. That's, it was my one Mexico blunder. Only one Mexico crazy. blunder. So the whole time you're there, I'm just picturing you as just this greasy, <laughs> sliding dude. <laughs> like you, you slide off almost every chair you sit on. It turns out Mexico Matt likes two things. Mexico Matt likes. Drinking beer all day, and Mexico Matt <laughs> likes water slides. <laughs> that poor, I'm so terribly far off from Canadian Matt. Well, that poor uh, poor lifeguard is like 20 up there, <laughs> seeing me <laughs> seeing me saunter up the stairs every 10 to 20 minutes. Hola, amigo, I'm back. <laughs> Did you pick up any Spanish down there? Uh, just, uh, hola and, um, buenos dias, uh, gracias, just enough to, enough to just say enough hi. Just enough to get by. Yeah, enough to say hi. <laughs> people. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, cerveza. Other than that, like, they, yeah, it was, you know, there was like, a lot of people did not speak really any English, but, uh, yeah, it was good. Well, that's fun. Now you're back. And also now that you're back, so our last two episodes, we didn't, like, we, you know, we didn't go too crazy on the fact maxing. Uh, we have another competition beginning here. Yep. So best three out of five. Yep. Uh, the slate is clear right now. Yep. Matt is the dunce. Yep. Current dunce. Of this round. So I guess we'll just, uh, we'll get rolling with Currently it, holding so, the D, we'll say. 
<laughs> Holding the D on the show about the C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I went to an Apple store today. You know that because I messaged you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I was at the Apple store, I started thinking, I don't know a lot about Apple. And I don't think Matt knows a lot about Apple either. So I did a little digging. Okay. <laughs> Got a little investigative. And, uh, a little investigative. Now, just so you know, my schmack turned out to be true in a rare departure from form. I looked up the uh, <laughs> schmack right before you, you know, we did the show and found out uh, it's actually a fact. So that's going to be Kev's closing fact today. Just a little teaser for everybody who uh, probably isn't going to stick around for the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyhow, fact or schmack. With the first iPod, there was an Easter egg. If you held down the center button while on the About menu, a game would pop up. The game was called Breakout, and it was similar to kind of the, uh, you know, like the brick-style Pong-type game where you, yeah, yeah. you know, you shoot the thing up. Yeah, I know what a Breakout uh, it, was, it was originally made by uh, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak when they worked at Atari. Okay. So that's your first factor schmack. Yep. Your second one, Apple Siri was originally developed in connection with DARPA. Okay. And your third factor schmack, Steve Jobs also has white turtlenecks, but only wears them around the house on Sundays. <laughs> well, I know that the third one is the schmacked, and I can tell you why. <laughs> I can tell you why I know that the third one's the schmacked. Why is that? Because he's dead. He doesn't wear him at all now. Well, I mean, when he was alive. <laughs> but I, yeah, you knew what it was because it was just plain silly. So Siri you know was the uh, first one. Huh. The, the, okay, the thing that surprised me about the first one is I didn't know that um, Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs designed the original Breakout. Yeah. I did not know that. That surprises me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, according to the internet. Well, and when has the internet ever lied? Literally <laughs> never. 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 So, yeah, that's kind of neat, isn't it, about, uh, about uh, Apple and... Uh, Siri. Yeah. Derpa. Doesn't surprise you know? me. No. A lot of stuff is military no. tech before it's consumer tech. Yeah, and so it was originally kind of like um, uh, like it was developed, it was going to go on uh, after the DARPA thing. Uh, the company that owned it, I can't remember what it is, but its initials basically break down to Siri. And it was supposed to be released on like Android and Blackberry phones as well. But uh, Apple basically bought it up. Oh, okay. Made it exclusive. Right. And that's why it's Siri. I can't remember the exact name, but it was pretty close to the Just same like, initials. Didn't they, uh, um, they basically scooped up all the people who made BBM. And that's why iMessage is, is, is real good. Remember BBM? It was Blackberry Messages? Yeah, it was, it was I good never had a like Blackberry. back in the day. But. Huh. Yeah, I had a black. That doesn't surprise me. I think a lot of these tech companies, like Google, is so good because it's bought so many cool IPs, right? Like it bought Boston Dynamics. Yeah, which is kind of a super cool. Like you know, Google could potentially have the coolest robots. Sure, that'll break down your door. Oh my god! And haul you off to the haul you off to the produce camps. Yeah, whenever, <clears throat> I think it was New York or something, and they tried to have that dog be like a patrol dog. Oh, terrifying. Or something, and people were like, fuck no. No. No, that's, like, that's some Black Mirror shit yeah. right there. I didn't you ever vote watch for that Robot show? Police, are you kidding? No. 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 Do you ever watch that uh, Black Mirror show on Netflix? Uh, no. Have not. Just check it out. I should. Uh, do you know what it is? I know generally I have heard of things. Yeah, it's, like it's like a modern day Twilight Zone. Oh. It's like future tech stuff. Da, 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 da. Yeah, it's super creepy. Um, I bet 
you know, if I was a betting man, I would bet that you've got a story for me and somebody dies today. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> Not a happy story today? Uh, remember, when we need a happy story? Remember when we were talking? Why can't you be our hero? <laughs> the hero we need? <laughs> remember the hero we need. when we were talking about the Donner Party and we... We're talking about how, like, if a place gets named after you, it's not great, right? Okay. Well, what if the place that that gets named after you, before it gets named after you, was called Dead Mountain? How good of a thing do you think happens to you at that point? Oh. So a group of hikers who set off in the late 50s weren't probably really thinking about that. They might have been thinking about the name Dead Mountain, but they might were probably weren't thinking about the fact that <coughs> in 50 years, people were going to know that particular region by the name of the person who is leading this expedition, a guy named Igor Dyatlov. Oh, I was just going to ask you, <laughs> is this the Dyatlov Pass? This is the Dyatlov Pass. Oh, God damn, this story fascinates me. <laughs> Right, this is a great, uh, a great little yeah. mystery, right? Uh, so right. yeah, these love it. ten Let's people set out on a skiing expedition. They, they leave the town of Vizhai, which I'm probably saying wrong, in the northwest part of Russia. They're, uh, within one day, one of the members has to leave, uh, but a few days later, they make it to the the Dead Mountain. Uh, and they had, the guy they they had told the guy who was leaving that they're gonna they should be through you know, the rest of their trip by February, like, 2nd, I think they had said. But, you know, maybe bad weather's going to hold us up. So that date comes and goes, and nobody really thinks too much of the fact that they haven't made contact with anybody. But about a week later, they start getting really antsy. And, well, about two weeks after that, uh, a, a search party is launched. So they found the camp. The tent was covered in a thin layer of snow with most of the belongings still inside of it. Uh, notably, the tent was set up on the side of the slope of a mountain, but it hadn't been set up, you know, so that it was on an angle. They had dug into the snow to kind of make a flat spot and kind of pitched their tent there. There's actually a picture they took of themselves digging this, this little snow platform uh, for uh, themselves. Uh, Good English from me. Uh, more <laughs> notably, I think, from what everyone knows about this story, uh, the tent had been cut open from the inside. Um, there were nine pairs of footprints uh, found in the snow leading away from the tent. Uh, and uh, the, the prints were light in the snow. They hadn't been, like, pounded in or anything. It really kind of suggested that people had walked away and kind of calmly they hadn't you know run away in a panic which is odd right, right? it's one of the odd things about this, this story there's there's a lot of odd things about this well let's talk about the bodies the first two yeah. bodies uh wait 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 sorry one sec how many people were on this expedition there were 10 people left one person turned away and turned back yeah so there's like 10 people in one tent? Yeah. Okay. I imagine it was a big tent. I imagine it smelled. Oh, I bet. Ugh. Imagine that. Speaking of things that smelled, um, this is two weeks later. They found the first two bodies. Uh, oh, boy. Yuri uh, Krevon... Krivonashenko oh, and Yuri Doroshenko, uh, but I'm going to try for each one of these people because you know I, what? They, I'm glad they, they, they deserve they it. They deserve it, absolutely. They were found at the outskirts of the tree line about a kilometer and a half away from the camp. Uh, they had made a little makeshift fireplace and they were nearly naked. Um, they had burn marks on them and the tree that they were found under had branches broken up to five meters high. But they had died from... That's 25 That's twenty five feet. Yeah, pretty high, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had died of hypothermia, but uh, that's how they were, they were found. It, it seemed like they had lit a fire and tried to get closer and closer to it and probably burned themselves uh, at the end. 
the next three were found between that tree and the actual original campsite. Um, it was Igor Dyatlov was one of them, uh, Zinaida Kolmogrova, uh, and Rustim Slobodin. Uh, they were all facing towards the camp like they were trying to make their way back, maybe to grab supplies or something. Oh, man, that's like, the story's so creepy. I know, they'd, and they'd made They're it. like when you picture it. Yeah. They'd made it like 300 and 450 and 600 meters, respectively, of the kilometer and a half. So um, they were kind of staggered then. Yeah. So they were, yeah, staggered in the snow and and just died trying to make how far apart from each other um well i mean just judging by that like uh maybe 150 meters away from each other each yeah so like like towards the camp but like were they like had they been walking together or were was there like 20 feet between each of them i think yeah it's i i get the impression that maybe they'd set off together and maybe they just dropped one by one and life, death, you can't leave them behind. Like, or you can't stick around because then you're dead too. And not like it mattered. All right. And so the and first then, two guys are naked and burned. Yeah. These guys. <clears throat> these guys are naked. They're dressed better. These guys are dressed noticeably better. And okay. then there's the last four bodies. Uh, Semyon Zolotaryov, uh, Nikolai Thibault Brignoles, uh, Lyudmila Dabinya and Alexander Kolevitov. This is probably that borders on disrespectful the way I'm trouncing all over those names. But again, these people, (laughs) I I do mean this is a sign of respect. I'm trying to, to, I'm doing my best. Yeah. Um, It took four months. It's not good. It's not good. Much like, oh, my best is not not good enough. Our listeners know that. I don't expect much from it. It took four months to find these these people. Um, they were four buried. Months. Yeah, four months. They were buried under three meters of snow, um, kind of in the opposite direction from the tree, further into the forest. Three of them had serious injuries. Two had internal chest injuries, and one had um, a, a skull fracture, uh, and I think some okay. some chest injuries as well. Um, this group uh, was wearing clothes from the first two groups, suggesting that they had maybe taken the clothes off people who had perished and maybe went further into the forest to try and find more shelter that way. Okay, wait. I thought you said... So the people, the first people who were found mm-hmm. were far away from the tent that was on that was, the house. Yeah, just the order in which they were found. Okay. Yeah, and they so, were the most naked. The most naked, yeah. and they were the closest to the tent? No, they're no. a kilometer and a half away. The people who were... A found, kilometer and a half from... Okay. Yeah. The people, and then the people going near the tent. Yeah. And these final four people were found months after? Yeah. And they were at the original tent? No, they were... Site? No, they, they were... I'm sorry, I missed that. So from... if So the people, like, picture the people at the, the tree... Um, you know, where the first two bodies are found, three of them go back towards the tent. Four of them went in the total opposite direction, further into the forest. The, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Right. Uh, and, yeah, they, were, they found them under three meters of snow seri- with serious injuries, wearing clothes from the first two groups. So suggesting okay. that they had taken clothes, like maybe on the way out of the tent they had grabbed some clothes from this person or that person, or they had stripped... Came across the bodies and were like, well, yeah, we don't need it. Um, the person with the head, the, the fractured skull, also um, had the uh, um, eyes and lips and tongue missing from from their body. But again, four months later, so you know. Yes. Yeah, so who knows? Uh, so you know th- that's one of the famous details there. More famously, there was traces of radiation found on the clothing of two of these people. Uh, just two, though. What's that? Just the two. Just two, yeah. Uh, some people had reported seeing lights in the skies in the area roughly at the time. Uh, it happened in Soviet Russia, so you know communism and secrecy and 
all that being what it is. There was no obvious signs of an avalanche like you would expect. And the police investigation wrapped up, saying the hikers were met with an unknown compelling force that the hikers were unable to overcome. Okay. So that's kind of the whole story. Uh, that's what we the know. The whole... Yeah. Yeah. Now, is that where it was left? Well, uh, that's that's what... That's the story as it stood, right? So there's two okay. big questions that come out of this because there's a lot of theories. So, I have more than two for the record. <laughs> well, there's two. So. Well, I'm, any theory that comes along that's going to address what happened there has two fundamental questions that it's grappling with. What got mm -hmm. them out of the tent and into 40-degree right. weather quickly enough, or minus 40-degree weather, um, quickly enough so that they were not even dressed, which most people would understand to be basically suicide. And then what happened once they were out there to, to get them into the various places that they were in, right? Okay. So I got a list right. of, of theories here that we can kind like of that are, go that, through. That and people have, have come up with? Yeah. And, you know, we're going to I don't we're going to start with the stuff that's maybe a little less plausible and work our way towards oh, the stuff that's a little oh, more plausible. Hold up one sec. Yeah. I need to ask you uh, one important question okay. on your list. Yeah. Is there a Sasquatch, Yeti or Abominable Snowman? Kevin, wouldn't you know it? <laughs> like, I, there is? like I said that I was I was ordering these <laughs> in, in the order in which I think they're <clears throat> plausible. Uh, the first one. So that's the most. Is the Yeti. Is that is okay. that's the first right. one that we're so I was gonna say, presenting? If here. that's not on there, you have to add it. That's <laughs> what I want added. No, no, I had the I Yeti. I want to believe, man. I, I had the believe. Yeti, and the Yeti was that was was on the list. I okay. read about the Yeti, right. and the Yeti was on the list. Yes, some people right, think so the that theory? there's a Russian Russian version of the Yeti, the name of which I didn't write down because <laughs> research. Yeti Yeti image. Yeah, something like that, um, and that's. Basically, as far as the story goes, I mean, they ran into this Yeti, uh, ipso facto. Some people have chest wounds and head wounds. Some people don't and died by a fire. And some people um, are slightly radioactive. I'm not sure, like, how the Yeti really explains anything other than just Yeti. Yeah, I think it's like the big, uh, big bunny, the Bugs Bunny uh, Yeti. <laughs> you know, the one is like, I'm going to love him and hug him and name him George. I, like every episode. I just think of, uh, that was a dog. That wasn't a Yeti. No, dude, it was the abominable snowman. No, that was the dog. Yes, it was. Well, maybe it was both. Um, but the Yeti, I think, has a fundamental flaw in that, uh, in, in the same way that the next one on my list here, which is uh, UFOs or aliens. Um, 100% possible. I mean, sure, but then what does that? How does that fit in? Like, what does that actually explain? Walk us through how we how UFOs leave leave us with the with what we wind up with. Okay, so I want that's this is what I've been looking forward to is is having you workshop this. <laughs> All right, basically, you got um, oh, what are the like kind of Simpsons ones? Krang. Remember their name, uh, Kang, Kang and Kang and Kang and Krang or something, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so these two guys roll up. They find these kind of isolated folks. You know, they're they're sniffing around for some radioactive stuff because, you know, Soviet Russia nuclear <laughs> missile test fifties yeah. totally plausible. So these guys pick up a little bit of uh, radiation on their shirts from some some fallout that fell after a nuclear bomb test, right? Okay. So the aliens, of course, but only these two us. guys. I don't know. They were just standing in just the right spot. Sure. Okay. Yeah, it can happen. Okay. Why not? So they just happen to get a little bit on them. Yeah. And then they, uh, you know, they could have been at like the very, very, very edge of the fallout. Because no matter how unlikely, there's a very, 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 very edge of the fallout where the last couple pieces fall. Totally plausible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyhow. <laughs> Uh, aliens pick them up, realize that they're not what they're looking for. <laughs> These people are so scared of shit, they freak out, they lose their minds. 
They run in panic. A couple of them are naked because anal probes. <laughs> a couple of them got burned because they got too close to the exhaust. <laughs> that explains why, like, one, the one with all the crush wounds, he got dropped out of the UFO. There's two with... To get all the branches two with on crush the way down. But no, you know, because if you hit all the branches, you'd have a bunch of, like, lesions. A bunch of, like, scratches and cuts and stuff. Like, it would be very obvious that you hit a bunch of branches. Not if you had a force field around you. Well, Tractor beam. I don't know. Okay, so aliens isn't a legit thing. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the problem... I want to believe, So, but... the problem with the Yeti and aliens is neither have any known characteristics. So, it's anybody's guess as to how... Any of them would work. Well, it's so it's serious. They just—it's just you can kind of shoehorn them in anywhere. It's not really something you can seriously engage with. But one thing I do want to address here is the radiation thing, because that is something that is, I think, a total red herring. It's part of the story, and it's an interesting part of the story. But it turns out the two people whose clothes were contaminated were nuclear physicists. They worked in nuclear environments. Their clothes were probably contaminated in those environments, or they were. Um, and uh, the actual level of contamination was so for there was three articles of clothing for two of them they were exactly like on the background level of radiation and one was twice as, as high as the background level of radiation but like not high at all uh, so okay. very so very like very smoking hot no like extremely extremely lightly um, yeah so they are actually so lightly that it, there's even just an environmental uh, explanation for it could just be like, you know, got a particularly we're in a particularly irradiated environmental area compared to the rest of the background radiation. Sure. Or like, yeah, there was there was other explanation. There was enough environmental explanations that, that it wasn't anything that that raised the uh, the investigators eyes. Um, it's just one of those like it adds to the mystery. But mm -hmm. it's probably just these people. It was the 50s, and these people were working in a Soviet nuclear environment. They probably got slightly yeah, contaminated probably, at work. Yeah, probably not the the safest uh, protocols. Even as we've talked about some of the American stuff, like yeah, uh, in with that the day SL1, and age, you know, yeah, yeah, go in there and pull this rod up four inches. <laughs> like, no, no further protective clothing, and yeah. So who knows? Okay, fair enough. So, so how about, you're going to rule out two of my favorite things. I know. Off the hop. So how about it. this Let's one? Let's get into though. something else. How about a Soviet weapon test was maybe responsible for what happened? Yeah, right. know, there's, Tell me more. There's Soviet bases in the area. Yeah, the theory goes that there's some sort of explosive device or test or something that injures some of the hikers or maybe the hikers saw something that they shouldn't have and as a result they were they were killed by the military in some strange ways to I don't know leave them leave them the way as the way they were now the, the police investigator in the story did later say years years later after the collapse of the Soviet Union apparently he said he was told by the military to wrap this up you know get this wrapped up quickly um, but it, it is also entirely possible that just by the very nature of being right next to these or very close to these bases military bases which were in the area that you know that's just a reason for heightened security and you know a, a state that was already famous for its security for anything that would embarrass mm -hmm. the nation happening sure. anywhere so i don't know how much um, weight you can really put into that it doesn't like explain, how close are we talking well and here's the thing it doesn't explain how some of the hikers are injured and some are not right that still is a weird thing. How some of these hikers get injured? Yeah, some are some are hurt and not like with bullets or traditional. Yeah. like if you were killed by now, they were found under three forces. three meters of snow. And one of the prevailing theories about how they got there is they were looking for to build some sort of shelter, and maybe they dug a little bit, and the snow shifted under them, and they basically fell three meter earth. Uh, yeah, three meters. Um, which okay. is like 25 feet, maybe enough to maybe get some injuries once you hit the ground. Um, maybe it was, um, you know, the snow, was, there was enough snow there so that they didn't have any obvious contusions, but they just got a lot of internal injuries from it, and that's how 
that's how they got their injuries. That's that's the rest of these theories are basically banking on how, except for the very last one, are banking on that's how these people got hurt that way. Okay. So I guess the Soviet weapon test doesn't necessarily have to explain that. It just has to get them or that part of it, but it it doesn't explain how they got out of the test other than maybe they heard something that was scary. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. What are your thoughts now, on the on a Soviet okay. weapon test or some some Soviet <clears throat> military involvement? All right. I kind of as much as I want to address that, I have to address this thing that's kind of been nagging at me the whole time. Okay. So you're telling me that they find this tent after how long have they been late to report? When did they figure like how far in their journey was this? It was supposed to be like a ten day journey or a yeah. week journey. I think they're a week late to report by the time they send any it's two weeks after our, if they they figured okay. this happened like July first, I think, and um the the search party gets there like twenty days later. Okay, so, so yeah, you the condition. Yeah, the condition of the tent itself, like the snow on top, who who knows, like what that means, right? So I just kind of wonder, like I'm trying to think of this in my head, like it's July and there's snow because it's in the mountains. February, like a mountainous area. You just said July. They found oh July. They found the bodies. No, February, and then two weeks later, they found they the search party went out. Uh, it took then two there two. Two of the bodies were found two months after that. So two of the bodies were found in April-ish. Earth- Dude, I swear to God, I thought I heard you say July. Maybe I did. Sometimes I say words that I don't mean to say. <laughs> Sometimes I hear things that might not be there. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll have, we'll only know back. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll play f- back. Be fun to find out. We'll find out. Okay. So they leave in February. It's supposed to take them... How long to do this? Um, I don't know. It was supposed to take them like a week or something. Okay, so they leave February 2nd. It's supposed to take them a week. No, they left way before that. They left in like uh, January 27th. Supposed to take them a week. So okay. February February 1st is like when they're roughly supposed to check in. Or 1st or 2nd. Okay. And then the people who they were supposed to check in with thought, well, maybe they got delayed. And it took them a, a week from there to really report it. Okay. Now I don't think anyone so, reporting anything any earlier would help anyone find anything, right? Like, all right, uh, I've completely fucked up this timeline and made it confusing. Yep. Uh, so let's just forget about the timeline. Uh-huh. It's about two weeks that they're late. Yes. So they have at some point two weeks or more had this terrible incident, whatever it may be, occur. Yeah. In February or January or both, whatever. In Russia. Yeah. In a mountainous area yep. or elevated area. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we have February, Russia, mountains, snow. And you're telling me that they find light footprints two weeks later? Yeah. That to me seems weird, man. Like two they weeks only fall in, in the middle certain... of for a in the what? middle of winter. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Like we get snow. You you know that some you look out your backyard, your dogs put footprints out there that you've probably seen all all fucking winter because they get Yeah, I guess. Yeah. If, I don't know, man. if there it wasn't a big even... snow, you know? And just like light snow. Like it just seems to me that a lot of that stuff would have been blown over. Wow. But then these other people are under like three meters of snow. Yeah. But they went way. Dude, that's into the... nine feet of snow. What's that? Three meters is nine feet of snow. Checks out. Does it? Like that's a lot of snow. Nine feet. Think of nine feet. Yeah. Three feet higher than like you or I. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot of snow. That's a lot of snow. So these guys are under nine feet of snow. These other guys, we can see their footprints. It's just weird, man. It's really weird how it doesn't really add up. Like, well, but the snow that they fell into and through could have been there before 
think the theory is they they either fell down like a uh, like a bank or something, like a river bank or something, or or fell through snow. Yeah, it's just there. it just weirds me. It's just weird to think about like you know that these guys are just kind of like hanging out under a tree, and like some of these these numbers like when you say that the branches were snapped off like 25 feet. Yeah. Like five, five meters, right? Yeah. Or no. Say five meters. Yep. Five meters. Uh, it's like 15 feet. Like times three, right? Sure. I'm not that. Yeah, sure. So I'm not here to debate the meters and feet with you for fuck's sake. Yeah. But it's weird (laughs) to think about like, (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm just saying like, when you think about it, like who climbs up 15 feet into a tree to break off a branch when you're starting? Well, or did they fall or down freezing. when you're freezing? Did they fall down? Were they going up there to get wood for the fire? Were they trying to spot the tent to figure out where it was to figure out where to walk back from? And break off a br- bunch of branches on the way up? Like, dude, that would be super hard. Maybe one of them fell. But you said there's no lacerations. It's such a mystery. It's man. a like, mystery. Every time I hear about this, I go like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. This doesn't really add up. Mm-hmm. I think somebody went up the tree <clears> to try and spot the camp. That's what I, or spot conditions. All right. Okay. I'm moving on to the next thing because I think Soviet All weapon right. test, you don't have any particular thoughts about that. You just had a lot of very general <sighs> thoughts about the situation. I mean, this whole the whole thing is just nagging me. Talk about just the, on the simple points. Let's talk about wind. That's, okay, yeah, let's talk about wind. This is uh, more of a more of a recent th- theory. There's actually two related wind theories, um, and these okay. are where we're getting into things where I would consider to be like pretty plausible explanations for what's happened here. Strong winds and unique geography in that area create a certain type of very, very strong wind called a catabatic wind, which sounds made up. Could either create two things. Um, one is some people say it could create infrasound. Uh, do you know what infrasound is? That's like a sound that's uh, not registered. Durable on the human hearing spectrum. Yeah, it's or imperceptible. Um, but supposedly can cause a sense of dread or panic. I'm not sure how much stock I put into this, uh, this whole thing. It sounds kind of new wavy and... Uh, and No, I've heard like, about that. Like, yes. They can have like <clears throat> subliminal noises that will actually cause panic in animals and people. Like They think it's what animals hear before like... Uh, uh, earthquake or something. Oh, maybe. Well, you know, maybe there is something to it. Um, but maybe something like that happened and it drove them out of the tent. Um, or um, a strong current of wind kind of kicked up. So well, I guess what happens is as the wind goes down the mountain, uh, in certain scenarios, it just can really pick up speed very, very suddenly. It can seem like the wind can go from strong to like hurricane strong winds. Um, so a theory is that they're in their tent. All of a sudden the winds just kick up like crazy. Um, they think that they're, they're in danger of the whole tent blowing over and kind of knocking them down the mountain. You wouldn't want to do that in a tent full of people. So they, in the panic, they cut their way out at a certain point. Now, so this gets everybody out of the tent and heading towards what they think is shelter, which is going to be the their closest bet for shelter, which is going to be the tree line. So everybody walks towards the tree line. They probably think it's a lot closer than it is. It winds up being a kilometer and a half away. Um, in both scenarios, the two least dressed people stay near this makeshift fire that they've made. somebody's obviously gone up into the tree to have a peek at something or maybe to gather wood from higher in the tree thinking that maybe there were some dead branches or something up there that they were trying to get at to burn either way somebody goes up the tree breaks some branches while they are while they're doing it um the two like like we said the two or like i said the two uh least dressed people huddle closer and closer to this fire while maybe the rest of the group is 
in disagreement about what to do. Maybe some of the people think, hey, we should head further into the forest, get a break from the wind, find shelter somewhere in there. And maybe got a group of people saying, no, we got to go back to the tent and we got to get our warm clothes and stuff there. Maybe they can't agree and they go their separate ways. One group freezes on their way back to the tent. The other group goes further into the forest, maybe because it was dark and they couldn't see where they were going. Who knows? But they end up either falling through the snow or walking off the side of an embankment, falling nine or so feet, three meters, enough to hurt them badly. Four people, though, at the same time. Enough to hurt them Mm -hmm. badly enough so that they can't get away. And then, uh, and that's that. Everybody has died in their own, you know, separate ways. Now, it's worth mentioning, too, uh, as we talk about all four people, like, the other people only made it, you know, the furthest made it 600 meters before he froze to death, right? So it's not implausible that by the time they fell, they were pretty much on their way out the door anyways, you know. Just throwing that right. out there. Like, we're, we're, you can't imagine, like, people who are, like, in great shape, you know, not... Maybe they just, yeah, they couldn't see. They were trying to hurry. They just all walked off together or something. Maybe they fell through. Hey, I'm just saying. So, here's my thing. Okay, a couple things still nagging at me. Okay. About this stuff. Okay, one, you're you're hiking with 10 people. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe somebody out there is a hiker. They know a lot about this stuff. Uh, I'm in a tent with 10 people. Probably not going to be naked unless it's like a different kind of camping trip. No, when I say naked, I'm not, I'm not like naked for the conditions. Like people are wearing like underwear and, and undershirts, socks. Oh, God damn it, Matthew. Yeah. This whole time, I've just been picturing some buck-ass naked people. I should have known that that's what you would get hung up on. Well, I mean, you give me a fact, and I, I take it. At face value. And I believe it. Yeah. At face value, you said they're naked, so I pictured them naked. I said mostly naked. Yeah, that's true. I guess you did say mostly naked. Yeah. Uh, okay. Still, though, like, you're hiking. It's winter time. Like, now, the people who dude. are undressed, you know, to that extent, too, they could be have, have fallen victim to something called, uh, have you ever heard of paradoxical undressing? Uh, no. People who experience hypothermia. I feel like it could get me out of trouble someday. No. Um, if you are doing paradoxical undressing, you are in a lot of trouble. Uh, people who are going through hypothermia, as their nerves shut down in their body, they get a burning sensation. They think they're getting hot, so they'll start undressing. Um, yeah. I don't know, though, man. Like, these are experienced people. Okay. Right now. Experienced people paradoxically undress when they go through hypothermia. That's just the thing. Sure. It's a psychological thing that happens. But what I'm saying is you've got 10 people in a tent. That tent's pretty cozy, whether it's windy or not, whether snow falls on it or not. Hear me out. Okay. We don't know when the people at who died who are the most naked, what state of dress they left the tent in. We just know That's what state. That's not the point. Of, right? They could have okay, like, been freezing to death, taken some of their clothes off, and that's where the other people got their clothes from. Yeah, sure. What I'm saying, though, is like... I don't... I don't think that you could leave your tent because the wind picked up one time, like one storm over the night or something, right? The wind picks up uh, and you run away from your tent. I don't think you're going to freeze to death in 600 meters. Like it's minus 10 outside. It feels like minus 16. I could go walk across the whole city and I'm fine. I, I disagree. And it's we're talking minus forty, without the wind chill, in northern Russia. Okay, like that's significantly colder. Yeah, but at the same time, like people live. I mean, dude, out out west. Are you just are are you arguing against hypothermia as a thing? Like, what's, I'm not arguing what's your against hypothermia. Here? I just, I just, I don't see these like 
experienced hikers running away from a wind gust like a kilometer and then freezing to death. Okay, so you don't like that theory. I don't like that theory because I don't think... I mean, maybe... Okay, if you fell in water... Well, they'd cut their way out of their tent at this point. And that's the other thing. Like, why are they cutting themselves out of the tent for wind? Well, if they thought that the wind was going to pick the whole tent up and send them tumbling down... Let's cut our only tent open. Hmm? I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I don't love that one either. So I got a couple yeah. more. For, I got I got at least two more for you here. Okay. How about this one? What if it was smoke? So they had a... This one comes from a video of a guy named Lemino, uh, who does great videos on the internet. But uh, there was a an oven in their tent, a stove. That had an exhaust that went out. Let's say maybe they'd closed the exhaust for the night, and then for whatever reason, they thought the embers in the stove were out, but they relit themselves, and all of a sudden the the tent starts filling with smoke. They don't know if it's... But it doesn't burn down. They don't know if it's on fire, but they just know that they wake up and they're covered in smoke. They can't find the opening because they can't see. So somebody finally just cuts the, maybe tries to cut the top of the tent. They can't, that's not letting it out fast enough. So eventually they just cut the whole side of the tent open. They get out of there. They think their tent's burning down. So they start walking towards shelter, the closest place that they know where shelter is again. Mm-mm. No, I hate this theory. Well, how do you get them? Okay. So how do you, how do you get them out of the tent? Special forces. <laughs> you just think it's ghosts? Terrified the shit out of these people. I think they're dude. It just they're. T- I, I mean, honestly, you're 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 camping. You're an experienced outdoor person. You got a gust of wind, and you go fucking crazy and like no, abandon I, your camp and separate. We're not on th- and then are you listening? You're telling me that no, 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 no. I'm getting to it because they're both stupid theories for the same reason. And then you're telling me that somebody has a smoky tent and they, they cut it open and, and then not only do they just cut open their tent and get out, but now they're all separated and everything's fucked up. No, they go, all clearly go together. All the footprints are going together to the first tree, to the tree where the two people died. They all went there first. It's then they split up for some reason. I don't know. I just don't see it, man. Like, you have a smoky tent, but it's not burning. So you cut it open, you get out, you look at your tent, which isn't on fire. Here's some information. Sorry. Here's some information for you that I should have included earlier. Four of them were intoxicated. Still don't see it. I just don't, I don't see, I think of what I would do. My tents, I think my tent's on fire. Okay, first of all, it's a tent. Fuck it. It'll, like, burn around you in, like, ten seconds. And I think Have you, you ever watched that shit, like, light up? I think you really are underestimating <laughs> how dangerous it is to get burning, like, latex on you. I know, but, like, it's a tent, man. And you've cut out of it, and you get out of it, and there is smoking, and this, like, tent, which isn't really, like, when you get down to it, it's not like a structure with like wood and and you know furniture and stuff. I mean, it's a it's a piece of canvas or it's a piece of so it's a piece whatever. of extremely flammable canvas that's got like their kerosene and gas and all of their clothes, which hasn't and, burned. But they don't know that, right? You're dealing with a complete set of facts after the fact. They're dealing with panicking okay. in the middle okay. of the night. Okay, and then making see, survival thing, decisions based on thinking they don't have a tent for whatever reason. But why would you leave the tent? You've cut yourself out of it, and you and then you go, like, you turn around, and you're like, oh, it's not burning. Maybe I should just stand here because this is my fucking tent. Well, maybe you'll like my last theory then. All right. So just, I don't see it. Last theory is, it turns out that the way that they built the tent 
into the ground. Remember, right way back at the beginning, I'd included that detail for a very specific reason. Included that detail about how they had kind of leveled the ground into the side of this mountain to build their, their tent on level ground. So what happened, you know, some people think, is that as it snowed that night, there was a snowstorm that night, a layer of fresh snow kind of built up between the tent, the wall of the tent as it sloped up, and the slope of the mountain that they had kind of carved out to. You know, okay, so like a drift over top of their tent. A kind of drift starting to form, mostly on the wall, you know, that the tent was beside, but also kind of starting to form over top. And coupled with that wind that we talked about earlier, apparently that creates excellent conditions for something called a slab avalanche. What happens with a slab avalanche is kind of like what it sounds like. You ever be like driving your car and it's got snow all over it and all of a sudden, you know, some of it clears and like a whole slab of it will just fly off the back of your car. Imagine mm. that happening, but it's an avalanche. It doesn't leave a whole lot of stuff behind, but like a whole shelf of snow will break off at once. So what they th what these people think happened, these scientists who've looked into it, is that this slab avalanche started... There would have been some people sleeping with kind of their head towards the the wall, the snow wall, and they would have been fine. But anybody who was sleeping the other way, who had their head towards the away from the wall, their feet towards the wall, they would have had this huge slab of snow land on them and basically crush them, which would explain the chest injuries that two of them had, the head injury that one of them had. Not bad enough to kill them, but bad enough to hurt, you know, hurt them, cause some eternal bleeding. You'd certainly be in a lot of pain. So okay. this avalanche happens. They don't know if there's another one going to happen. They cut their way out of their tent because at this point the tent's broken. They don't know if how to even get up. Uh, the safest place to go if they, because th they're on the side of an exposed mountain, if they think that there is an avalanche, would be to get to the tree line at that point because it would break up any right. snow that's coming. So they go to the tree line. They try to light a fire there. They're freezing. Maybe at that point, okay, well, what do we do? Some people saying, let's go back to the tent. There hasn't been any other avalanche. Maybe it's safe. Some people saying, that's dumb. Let's go further into the forest. There's We can get warmer there when we can break up the wind they go their separate ways and everyone dies in their own in their own way to me that's the most plausible um covers <clears throat> all of the bases it covers the injuries that some people had um it uh covers why they would have left the tent and not gone immediately back if they thought that they were at immediate risk for another avalanche yeah maybe yeah, that sounds kind of more plausible to me because, like, when you say these other things, it's like you're not just going to leave your tent because it's windy and just be like, fuck, see you later, or smoky, whatever. But that makes sense why you would leave. Because that's, what, that's the, get the out one of thing the that area. always bothered me was, like, I'm like, why would you leave? And yeah, why would you leave? Leave quick. But here's my thing that also bothers me about that theory is you're telling me that there was an avalanche and a storm and a bunch of wind and yet you're finding their footprints two weeks later? Well, because the avalanche Dude, would have already is... happened. And so yeah, here's but... what I think, and here's why maybe this, because of the type of avalanche it was, it probably scooped off the top layer of, of loose snow. So any of their footprints are going into the kind of hard, harder packed snow that's been there, you know? And maybe. Didn't, or maybe it's Bigfoot. Because there wasn't... <laughs> There wasn't much snow on the tent, so it seems to be that there wasn't a whole lot of snow after the fact anyways. Hey, I don't know, no man. explanation it's... is going to tick all the boxes, right? <clears throat> no, and that's what makes this story super interesting. You know, it, it, the first time I heard it, 
I like I always think of it in terms of like a horror movie. <laughs> right? Like my imagination runs away with it and I'm like, what would have scared those people? I like so the outlandish bad. theories, but I to me I think of it as it, as a um it's a survival story, you know. It's just it's people in a tent encountering some sort of weather phenomenon or something having, you know. The final theory to me seems more legit like it it ticks off a lot of the boxes it answers a lot of the things that like nag at me you know about the, not so much about the footprints but about the like why would you leave your tent yeah like, why why, why leave you all leave your, your tent i still and then <clears throat> you kind of wonder like the people who are naked for the elements like i don't know man it was like i said it was like minus five minus ten today and like taking my coat off or like unzipping your coat and stuff. It's very unpleasant. Like, I don't think I would want to sleep in minus 40 with anything less than all my clothes on. I wouldn't think, right? Or maybe you would, maybe you would want to be like, cause they say if you have hypothermia, you're supposed to be like almost like skin to skin contact. Right? Yeah. You're well, they say if you've been in water, Particularly because you're, you're, but yeah, your your clothes can get in the way of getting heat directly or getting heat quickly. Yeah, so I mean, maybe they were wet and they had to kind of strip down because. Yeah, ah, it's a weird story. It's man. a weird story. A maybe they had, maybe they had really story. great sleeping bags and you know they just they stripped right down to their skivvies when they were in their sleeping bags. I couldn't can't imagine it, but I've never but, gone camping in minus forty degree weather. Uh, yeah, I've done you know some winter camping before uh, when I was a kid. And, <clears throat> I mean, we had, like, big, like, army-type tents, right? Yeah. So you could change or whatever in them. But I remember having to sleep with my toothpaste at the bottom of my sleeping bag. Otherwise, it would be frozen in the morning. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. But uh, it's such a weird story, man. Like... I don't know. First time I heard it, I was so just mystified by it. So it's one of those stories where you're just like, what the fuck? That's real? Yeah. Especially when you hear it with all the details. Like, this guy had some radiation on him. (laughs) Like, (laughs) these injuries. Um, You know, where they find the bodies and whatnot. It's pretty wild. Yeah. So, uh, I got amusing for you today. All right. And you know what my music is? It's about an experience that I've had. It's going to oh surprise you, Kevin. God. It's about travel. Uh. And here's here's oh. what I want to muse about, because <clears throat> as I had said earlier, you know, and said to you many times, I am and have been very afraid of flying. Like, paranoia. I was kind of laughing at myself because as I, you know, as we got as we got closer and closer to going, I was saying, I'm like, I'm acting like I'm Chuck Yeager, you know, and I'm just getting on a plane to, <laughs> to Mexico. Break the sound barrier. Yeah. Something that like, <laughs> I'm not doing an experimental flight. I'm doing something that people do all the time. And you know what? At the end right. of the day, having conquered my fear and gotten on that plane, it wasn't that bad. You know, like no. I, Hey, I got there. At the airport, it was a little, little, little much at first, but when I got over it, you know, I had my kid with me, uh, so I was kind of in parenting mode. You know, I got on the plane; it was no big deal. I had an Ambien; it was fine. <laughs> I'm super glad you didn't drink with that, man. I was just waiting for the news reports of like. Naked, naked, pale Canadian man. I, you know what, I did have a uh, flight to Mexico. I think I had a Bud Light on the plane, uh, and on at like really? the two-hour mark or something, which would have been at like ten. Uh, in the morning. Maybe that's not bad. But uh, yeah, no, I did. I, <laughs> I was freaking out on the way back. I had one at like, we were flying back at two in the afternoon, and I had one at like nine. <laughs> so worried. I was still not a good traveler at all. But Have I would do watched? it again. Like it, it was, it was totally fine. I, it, wherever you go, there you are, right? You're still going to be nervous, uh, but yeah. uh, 
but no, I'm glad I did it, and I'm glad I only had ten days to think about doing it. Uh, I kind of there is an evil part of me that wanted to tell you to watch uh, or send you clips from Discovery Channel's Mayday. Oh, I've you ever s- watched Mayday? Oh yeah, I've seen a ton of it. Yeah, I love Mayday. Yep, and it horrifies the shit out of me. Like, oh yeah. Hey, this scraped landing from 1979 caused the air disaster in 1994 because the rivets from the patch leak. Like, it's like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like, this maintenance worker, uh, actually, funny story is like, you know how, like, uh, like I've been a, like, a, like an industrial mechanic and stuff. Like, my goal when I was a kid was to be either a pilot or to work on planes. Like, you know, jet engines and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I kind of got some of that, like, worked on some turbines, which is super cool. Same thing, just a lot bigger. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a jet engine is a turbine. Anyhow, uh, the one biggest thing was, like, I was like, I know who I am. I know I have the memory of a goldfish. I know that, like, I would never be okay if I was the guy who didn't tighten up that bolt. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, I don't think I'm going to do this. This yeah. is... You know what? There's there's way more mature, responsible, focused people for this than me. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, like I and yeah, you see that and it's it's crazy. Um, I'm glad your flight went better than the uh, Microsoft flight sim I tried <laughs> for you. So we'll see what this flight's like. Uh, I, I imagine Didn't my landing up. was better. Landing coming back into <laughs> Toronto. Uh, I we landed in like the, the worst ice storm that we've had in years, uh, so that was fun. Watching the weather, weather radar going like, okay, that's what I'm flying into, and that's gonna drive home two hours, you know, after that. So that was fun. Welcome back, yeah, absolute white knuckler <laughs> on the highway. Man, Toronto is a two and a half hour drive. I remember in trade school, it was an eight hour drive for me once. Oh yeah, it took me three hours to get to where I am. It was it was no good. That's crazy. Was no good. Um, I got a closing fact for you, Matt. Alrighty. So this is another one of the uh, schmacks that I made up. So originally, um, so at first, when I said the uh, the fact schmacked about uh, Siri being you know, part of DARPA or whatever. Yeah. That was my original schmack for the show. And then I looked it up and realized that it was true. Yeah. Right. And so we, uh, full disclosure that happened about a minute before Matt called me on discord. So we had a little bit of a flood starting to the show, uh, with the fact schmacks there. And, uh, and then I went to make another one, and turned out that this was also a fact. Apple, if it were a country, would have the seventh largest G, uh, GDP. Well, at seven, eight. Okay, yeah, seven eight. countries it would ahead be of it. Seven countries ahead of it. Yeah. And I literally wrote, well, I wrote down seven, and then I was like, I better double check this one. So it would have been God wrong. It would have been wrong, but, like, not wrong enough for a good schmack. Yeah, yeah, it would have been unfair. So, anyhow, I was just thinking to myself, like, man, like, one company has that much cheddar. I know, and they can't give me a million dollars. They Okay, so interesting fact I read in that, they have enough cash on hand to just give everybody, every American, Four hundred and like ten dollars or something. That's crazy. Yeah, dude, that's so insane. Well, when the um, when Microsoft bought Activision, there, all the re- reading about that, everyone talking about how well they just had like two hundred eighty million dollars sitting cash on hand, and they were going to lose seven percent of it to inflation this year anyway. So you might as well <laughs> go out and make a big acquisition. Jeez, some <laughs> might as well right, go out and spend eighty billion dollars. Something's got to give, man. Yeah, no kidding. That's insane. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. $280 yeah. billion. Dollars. Yeah. 
I'm going to save all my anti-capitalist communist comments for after the recording. (laughs) In Soviet Russia, recording ends you. (laughs) And good night. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Fact Smacks. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you want to hear more, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash facts schmacks. Or you can check us out on Facebook or on YouTube or on Twitter.com at Fact Schmacked Pod. We also have a website, factschmacks.xyz, because we know you haven't had enough yet. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>